I'm Blake Hargreaves. Welcome to Future Stops. The music you hear comes from the fascinating world of Danish composer Sandra Boss. Unlike other pipe organ composers, who have to visit a church and adapt to the instrument they find there, Boss uses old and discarded pipe organ components to create her own bespoke instrument, powered by MIDI technology and an interest in unusual sound sources. I've been working a lot with old, uh, yeah, antique test equipment, uh, like tone generators and also like reel-to-reel tape recorders and just normal tape recorders and um, also um, yeah, hearing test machines, actually. Um, and I guess the reason why I, I began to work with these machines was that I wanted to search back to some kind of like the original setting for electronic music. Because, as I said earlier, my background is actually in in classical music. But then I started to make, at some point, I started to make my own music on the computer. And when I first started out on that, it was, like, totally wild for me that you could just, like, take whatever sound into your computer and make your own compositions. And it was it was really an eye-opener for me, that kind of approach, because I was, at that point, I was only used to like reading notes on a paper um but at some point i also felt that it was kind of the, i i lacked some kind of direct dialogue with the, the sound material and also a physical connection so that was why i wanted to like go back in history and and see okay how did this, this electronic music actually start out and could i somehow not like i didn't want to like um just make a nostalgic uh, project where I just did the same as they did in the old days. But how could I be inspired by this approach where they they were actually they were actually working with big machines and they had to like cut the tape and um, and yeah touch something actually like really primitive. Um, I wanted to touch the sound. Um, so yeah, so I get, began to work with the old, this old uh, test equipment, um, and um, and it was a really well, good thing about it was actually that the material was really sparse. I didn't have like a lot of possibilities, like in comparison to like just making music on your computer and you could just like record whatever sound or you could yeah make whatever sound you could just do whatever. But here I like kind of make made a dogma for myself. I only had these test uh, equipments that could make sign tones, um, and then I had like a tape recorder where I could like slice up sound. So a couple of years ago, I made a PhD project, which also involved uh, these kind of old technologies, but it was more specifically technology technology used to judge our way of hearing. So, for example, um, I worked a lot with old hearing test equipment, so-called audio meters. And I was really interested in how, how these machines has, has has been used to judge our way of hearing, but also how they 
make us here now. <laughs> like how when I use them in a new artistic setting, they could actually form a concept for, for the listening situation for the listeners. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I made this piece called The Acoustic Appraiser, and it was made with an old audio meter. And um, this piece, it actually starts out as like a proper hearing test. So I'm kind of uh, conducting a hearing test on the audience. And and my thought at least was that, okay, the way they listen now, it's not like, it's not like a musical listening. They're actually listening to, okay, can I hear the tones at all? And I kind of like that situation that they, they are listening to their own way of hearing. But then during this this composition, of course, um, uh, I develop, uh, yeah, a narrative you might say, where where these test tones they uh, evolves into music somehow. Well, musical instruments are designed to mimic a voice, and the the narrative quality we feel in the music uh, is you know related to the emotions that we perceive from how this mimics uh, human voice and expression. What's the narrative? How does the narrative get generated when you're making music with machines? I guess that's that's the beauty of it, because you, you think that these test machines, it's like pure, um, I don't know, maybe it has some kind of scientific um, uh, feeling-less, uh, no, feeling-less, that's not a word, like lack of feelings in it. Um, but for me, these machines also uh, have a lot of poetic uh, value. And it just depends on how you combine their, their sounds. Uh, and it can be just as musical as any other instruments, at least for me. But I also still like, like the ambivalence it has these, it, that these kind of machines have uh, that they are both in some kind of way objective or whatever you might call it, but at the same time they can they can develop beautiful music that they are not as boring as they seem like. Yeah, well, and the organ is an interesting hybrid because of course the pipes are voiced um, to sound like um, like musical instruments or human voices, but the uh, mechanism of playing it is not expressive; it's it's mechanical. Actually, organ pipes were also used to conduct hearing tests, like in the old days, before you had machines, because they they are able to produce uh, also these really pure tones. Of course, they have overtones, but they also you have the possibilities of combining a lot of uh, tones, so they so you can get this rich uh, sound. But if you play like just one organ pipe it can almost um, stand as a sine wave in itself sandra boss's sensitivity as a sound artist and her fascination with the mysterious and untapped world of calibrated technical test equipment inform her approach to the organ an instrument she's never formally studied no <laughs> not at all uh, i mean i i have a classical ba- background uh, but i'm trained in clarinet and I mean, I have had, I have played some piano, but not not anything in particular. So, so we just, I just got the offer from from. There's a church in Copenhagen that is now 
uh, a concert place. Um, and the guy who kind of uh, has this, this director of this concert place, he, he just asked me one day if I could be interested in making something for the organ. I was like, whoa, could I actually do that? And I was also feeling a bit like, what I don't really know the word in English, but like a bit fear of this. Could I, as like a normal person, approach this instrument? I guess that's also one of the really crazy things about the organ, that it has this particular mythic status, status which, I mean, why should it be more... Uh, yeah, more prominent than other instruments. So, so it was really nice to be asked by this guy to to do something for for this ch uh, church organ, and he he gave me totally free room to just ex explore the instrument. And so I just sat there by the instrument and tried to like push the buttons and and uh, you know. Uh, pull some of the registers out, and I had no idea what I was doing. But um, in the end, I was I was just experiencing it as a, a large uh, synthesizer where I could like form my own sounds. And can you say anything else about how it felt? You know, based on your previous fear or intimidation of the instrument, and then sort of overcoming that. You know, you're you're really hidden up there when you play. Uh, on a church organ, you often like you're like hidden within the instrument, and I guess I kind of liked that. So I I I really didn't think about my fear because I was just up there with the instrument, and also in the concert situation, it was like audience because you're just behind the instrument. Uh, so it, at some some there was like um, a lot of similarities of making. Uh, I had done some like acousmatic electronic music at that point, you know, where you make uh, music for loudspeakers, where you're not, where it's not the performer who are who are in focus, but it's like the sound in itself. And that particular um, thing I thought was like kind of similar with the, with the playing on a church organ. But it wasn't me who was in the center anymore. It was it was the music. The experience of performing her work live on a church pipe organ and her taste for antique technologies come together with a love of acousmatic elements and tactile interfaces in Boss's automatic organ, an instrument of her own design with a modern MIDI keyboard controlling old hand-picked organ pipes. It, it has two uh, rings. It has like wooden pipes and then tin pipes. And um, well... These these pipes are from like um, yeah old uh, church organs. Like they were they were to be thrown out. <laughs> so uh, I thought, okay, before you do that, just hand over to me some of the some of the pipes, and I could uh, reuse them in this instrument. Um, so of course, it doesn't have the same temporal uh, spectra as a as a church organ would have. But um, it has some other um, benefits because, yeah, first of all, it's portable, or more or less, it's quite, it's still quite unpractical to travel with, though. But, but I have done it a lot, anyways. Yeah, then I can control the way of playing on it uh, through this MIDI technology is just uh, a very different way of approaching 
uh, the the organ than than yeah a normal uh, church organ. Yeah, so I have these. My organ has uh, these wooden pipes and these tin pipes. Uh, so so the timbral like dimension may not be that big, but then because of this uh, MIDI interface and uh, I can connect a keyboard and also a sequencer. I can actually store some some parameters on this sequencer, and this allows me to do like a lot more things that I would ever be able to do with an, a traditional organ. Um, and one of the main characters I would say is that I can control the yeah the the speed of playing. <laughs> Um, so I can make these really fast um, sequences that mm, not any any human wouldn't be able to to play as fast as that. And it, it's it's as fast that it's not only like playing fast, but it becomes a like a structure of sound or like um yeah sound quality in itself. I have this uh, large wooden box with a lot of uh, holes in it. <laughs> and um, I have uh, an air pump connected to the wooden box. And in all of the holes, I have uh, pipes going down in these holes. Um, and um, inside of the wooden box, uh, are a lot of uh, uh, you know we have this mechanism called um, solenoids uh, that can be controlled with MIDI technology so that uh, when I connect a MIDI keyboard I can push a button and the solenoids they open or close from this uh, this hole in the box so that the air can get through to the pipes and then yeah then I have also connected this uh, old uh, sequencer where I can like I can record or record MIDI sequences and store it and I can play on top of on these stored sequences on my keyboard as well so yeah I guess that's that's my setup. Um, yeah, the my small organ and and this MIDI keyboard and a MIDI sequencer. So I have both both the possibilities of just playing on the organ, like normal, but also of storing some of the things that I play on the sequencer and changing the tempo and and maybe playing on top of each other uh, some some of the stuff. And what I also found out, like when I played on this uh, small organ, is that often um, it's, it's like it can't take, it doesn't have air enough to, if I push a lot of um, buttons down at once, it just cannot follow. I can't like just play all tones at once. But what happens is that it kind of, uh, it makes some weird sounds. And it kind of it it makes this these 
we have kind of a breathing that it's almost uh, collapsing or it's almost it's trying to um, yeah catch its breath to follow my instructions and i kind of i use that i integrate that in the compositions like trying to explore the capacity of the of the system itself yeah in that sense it really becomes an organ like a human organ yeah a human organ yeah yeah for me it has a lot of human um associations in it like the way of breathing and there's this human human recognition in it but when when i also play it uh, through these this technology of of the midi technology it becomes totally dehumanized again because it it makes sounds that no human could ever make in so much of her work sandra boss explores the relationship between the human and the inhuman and how that gets expressed when we interact with technology, especially technologies designed to heal or enhance our human abilities. Drawing on this relationship and her background in immersive sound installations, Boss expands the palette of what an organ can do digitally and the physical means of experiencing it. The organ, it, it definitely contained a lot of my interests in one, and it also contained uh, many of the dilemmas for me, like when at that before I worked with the organ for the first time, I was like, like as I said, into this acousmatic world of music where I had made a lot of uh, speaker installations with electronic music. And at first, you know, I found that, yeah, there was a similarity of making organ music and, and speaker and music for speaker systems because it was, I, I just felt it liberating that it was only the sound that was in focus somehow. But then sometimes I also just lacked the, the physical in, mm, or the visual side of it and the, the contact with the with the audience. Um, yeah, which was also why I wanted to bring uh, the organ down from its pedestal uh, down to the people. <laughs> sort of one other really interesting perspective of making my own uh, of making my own organ was that I could make uh, give audiences the possibilities of walking inside uh, an instrument because I have made concerts where I have placed the, the, the organ pipes out in the room I have connected the, the organ pipes with tubes to my yeah my blower system and then then the the audience could like choose to to walk close to one pipe or stand in the middle and hear the whole whole uh, thing as a multi-channel surround system actually and i kind of liked that idea i was yeah that was one of the first things i thought of when i when i encountered um the church organ the first time was how can I how, how can I bring this experience of walking inside an, an instrument to the audience and that's still a thing that I'm I'm very interested in, in working on huh and and when you perform uh, you're standing in front of the audience as you said and bringing the organ to the people uh, I was wondering when you perform are you composing are you improvising or auto composing or are you presenting a prepared work uh, I I normally I work with compositions, so I have like prepared what to play, 
very much in detail <laughs> before I come to a concert situation. But of course, uh, it always ends up with like there's some parts where I I end up doing something new. There's something something appears, and I just need to go out down, down that road. But with this with this uh, home built organ. I have actually made some sequences stored on the on my sequencer, so I have have kind of made a trail, you might say, that that I want that I want to go through. But then I can like build on top of top of that. So you you have the ability to uh, add to and to to vary the programming in in a live setting. Yes, I do. Yeah. But I still have like a really clear idea of where I want to go. And how do you perceive in your mind where you're going? Is it a is it a emotional uh, journey? Is it tension and release? Is it visual? How how does your composition feel in your mind? Well, my way of composing it's often that I have some sound structures that I want to explore in depth. So I, for example. Um, in one of these pieces I have made for organ, I have like, for example, a breathing sequence where, yeah, I'm kind of exploring. I, I feel like it's like a human breath or a human, like, yeah. For me, it's a, like a picture of a human breathing. And then another part, I have this picture of birds uh, flying. And um, another part, I have like a picture of uh, industrial some kind of industrial setting with machines working and another part i have like uh, some kind of weird screaming going on so i i guess i get some kind of pictures in my head when i like okay i have this sound i want to explore it sound it it, it gives me some associations and i for almost a scene that i want to explore Thank you. 
You're listening to the Future Stops podcast, an initiative of the Royal Canadian College of Organists. My name is Blake Hargreaves, and I'm your host as we explore the world of the 21st century organ. We just heard today's feature piece, an excerpt of Luft, Danish for air, performed by Sandra Boss on the automatic organ, recorded live in Copenhagen last year. One of the most important questions to explore for any contemporary artist working with the pipe organ is the context in which it resides, be it a church, synagogue, movie theater, or shopping mall. What's unique about Sandra Boss's use of pipe organ is how she finds ways to take this massive stationary instrument and sort of put it in her pocket, reimagining new contexts and experiences of the instrument. It's just so so good to see that people are trying to find new ways of getting the instrument detached from its original setting and um yeah and also like bringing organ music to the people instead of uh, that the people needs to go to church to experience this instrument because also there's like this specific um, tradition of of the of the music of org- when you when you say organ music to people they're like oh yeah they they get some kind of maybe specific um associations of how how organ music should sound like and i think this way of detaching the the organ from from the church room um also opens up new new possibilities for what organ music could be at least it has for me Sandra Boss's career is a fascinating deep dive into the ways human beings express themselves and interact with technology connected to health, hearing, and listening. Before the Industrial Revolution, pipe organs were the most complex technologies in existence, and it seems fitting that Boss's artwork follows a path which eventually intersects with the instrument, even more so when you consider how the name of the organ recalls an organ in a living body. With her automatic organ compositions and performances, Sandra Boss brings to life the processes, both automatic and willful, which animate our bodies and existence, and constitute such an important part of any spiritual question we might seek to answer, or the simple enjoyment of music. With its mini keyboard connected to an irregular assortment of pipes, the automatic organ gives a lovely critical edge to her music by uniting disparate elements and breathing new life into technologies both old and new. We'd like to thank Sandra Boss for joining us today. We'd love it if you would join us too on social media at Future Stops and Future Stops Podcast, where you can bring your voice to the conversation and enjoy images and sounds from today's episode and past ones as well. Today is Giving Tuesday, the global generosity movement when people join together and rally for favorite causes. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider supporting us. Donations can be made on our website at rcco.ca. Just click on National Donations under Support Us and select Future Stops Podcast. Future Stops is a podcast from the Royal Canadian College of Organists, produced by Andrew O'Connor with Haley Raymond as Community Manager and Executive Producer Elizabeth Shannon. I'm your host, Blake Hargreaves.